0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hey friends, welcome to episode seven of Live Free Creative. I'm going to take a picture of my setup and put it in the show notes today because I think that you would get a kick out of seeing where I am and exactly how this is going down right now. I'm sitting on a bed in a vintage Airstream in Austin, Texas, I have the mic stacked up on a couple very Texan books. One of them is called Y'all Need This Book. And I have a little cup of water on a chair next to me, and I'm just making it happen. So excited to be here today. About a week ago, I gave a presentation to some women at my church. There was a big back-to-school activity, and we wanted different people to present on different topics. And I spoke about organizing Organizing your house, organizing your life, mostly about organizing your junk drawer, actually. I thought after the event, why didn't I record that? It would have been really great for a podcast episode, and since I have all the notes and a full one-page PDF, just a super easy, great printable that you can head to the show notes and print out and follow along to follow the steps of this organizing process, I thought that I would kind of go through the same talk that I gave to them for you. So I hope you enjoy that. First we're gonna jump into my peaks of the week and since I'm in Austin, I thought I would do all things related to Austin, Texas. (music) My first Austin, Texas peak of the week is this place that I'm staying right now. It's a vintage Airstream Airbnb in East Austin, just a little bit east of Mueller, if you're familiar with the area. It's actually a great area. It's nearby downtown without being in the middle of all the craziness. Nearby, some shopping and some museums and some great restaurants. Actually, one of my favorite restaurants that I'll talk about in just a second. And I love this place. We pulled up last night. It's an Airstream that's tucked in behind a family home. So it's back in the yard. The family who owns this property is this Amazing woman. I, I came in and I read the guest book and I was just blown away by the story. She re- had driven by this house, the front house, multiple times and really felt pulled to it, but thought there was no way that it, she would ever be able to afford it or that it would ever work out. And turns out a for sale sign went up. She went in, met the owners, the sons and daughters of the people who built the house originally, and she just felt like it was supposed to be hers. And I relate to that so much because I with our current house and some of our past homes I've felt that feeling of like this is my house even though I didn't own it yet I hadn't even gone through the process of putting in an offer yet so this woman put in an offer it turned out to not be the highest offer however the family also felt like this home should be hers and she moved in she soon started fostering children loved having them in her home and just giving a space where they could be loved and accepted outside of whatever family situation they had been removed from. That love soon turned into some adoptions. And she only had two bedrooms in the house. She realized that if she did some rental properties in the yard, that she would be able to fund the main house being renovated to accommodate more children. And so she bought this vintage trailer, made it ready for guests. It's super cute. It's so Austin. I love every detail of it. I'm going to put some pictures in the show notes it's $50 a night to stay here it would have it would accommodate two people comfortably I'm just by myself today but uh, the bed would fit too and it's you know it's a cute small fun space with the income she makes with this property she was able to renovate the home to accommodate more children she now has adopted five of her foster children and she said Her foster tubes are tied, which I think was such a cute way to say that her family is complete and just founded and built with so much love. The yard feels like Austin in the most intense way. It has these crushed gravel pathways, colored string lights. There are chickens, goats, a pig, and a really cool dog all on property. A couple cats that wander around. It's quiet and cool and just feels homey and you could hang out and chat with her and her kids if you want or you could have your own stay but just a really great place to stay that has this great hip vibe and a really really cool story behind it so i'm going to link that into the show notes this particular property also if you are new to airbnbs i love airbnb whenever i travel it's one of the first places i look for really cool local different homes to stay in i've stayed in airbnbs all over the world i have a link in the show notes that if you use that link to sign up if you're brand new to airbnb you can receive 40 dollars off of your first night stay which if you were staying here would be basically the cost of the night stay so that's a really fun thing to check out if you have not done that yet this vintage trailer airbnb is my first peak of the week in austin my second peak of the week is that restaurant i was talking about contigo austin contigo in spanish that means with you contigo is a modern upscale american food funny enough restaurant that really focuses on um, house-made charcuteries and meats. They have a really great menu, but my very favorite thing on it is the farmhouse burger. It's so delicious, and it the patty is amazing. I put cheese and bacon on it, of course. <laughs> There's pickles and lettuce and tomato, and it's this brioche bun that's just the, the like most soft, fluffy, eggy bun. I adore it, and it comes with fries, which the fries are amazing. And if I'm going into the restaurant, I will also as an appetizer order the spicy green beans they're fried green beans and they have the spicy aioli that you dip them in life-changing they're seriously so good and whenever i'm in austin when i lived here and had a chance to like go out with friends or do a date night or plan a girl's night out i would always recommend contigo because the food is amazing and it's this really cool patio it just has a good austin vibe so if you are in austin for sure check it out if you live in austin and you haven't been there head over to contigo and get yourself a burger i ordered one last night through uber eats because it's right around the corner from my airbnb and i just had this moment you know one of those moments when you're like yes everything is just right sitting in a vintage Airstream, eating a Contigo burger, drinking my Topo Chico from the glass bottle. It just, like, everything came together. I loved it. (laughs) My third and final peak of the week for Austin is my favorite spot to wander for inspiration. This is Laguna Gloria. It's an outdoor sculpture garden right at the base of Mount Bonnell, and it's part of the Jones Center for Contemporary Art, which is um, a foundation here in Austin that has the Jones Center, in downtown and then Laguna Gloria is their sculpture garden and art center it's just a beautiful place to spend some time outdoors there's these permanent works that are very from like really crazy like the guy right when you pull up to the the building is like a 50 foot guy that looks like he's made out of tin foil he's actually sculpted from take-home containers take-home food containers (laughs) so that's really cool There's a giant wooden bird's nest down buried kind of in the trees. Laguna Gloria is right on Lake Austin, and so you get to wander these pathways. I'd say that it's a mile or two of different pathways winding through the property. You can see the works of art, and you can also just enjoy being in nature, enjoying the beautiful weather, going out and having a picnic on the lake. It was one of my favorite places when we moved here. I went all the time. I would take my kids. We packed picnics down there. If you haven't explored Laguna Gloria, put it on your list. I love it so much, and I hope that you will enjoy it, too. Austin, of course, has a billion trillion cool things about it. I love the city. I loved that we had a chance to live here for the years that we did. And I wrote a bunch of different blog posts and recommendations when we did live here. I'm going to go ahead and link all of those in the show notes so that you can check out even more of my favorites and recommendations for the area. If you head over to livefreecreative.co slash podcast and look for episode 7, You'll have all of the information you need to have an incredible Austin adventure. That's it for Peaks of the Week. Okay, let's dive in to organizing your junk drawer slash organizing your life. The steps that I want to propose to you for this really simple junk drawer organization are the exact same steps that I use to organize all all different areas of my home and different areas of my life. I think that they're universal principles that can really be infused into any type of organization. And I hope that you will do this, that you'll actually print out the printable or just listen to these steps as you go over to your junk drawer and start working on it. Raise your hand if you have a junk drawer. I'm guessing all the hands are raised. I don't know when this became a thing, but it is a thing, and it is sort of a reflection of the state of our life in some ways. We get in a hurry, or we have more than we need, and we want to put it away, but we don't really want to deal with it all the way. We just want to get it out of sight, out of mind, and so it all goes into the junk drawer. I think by Giving some time and attention to that junk drawer, it's a good, easy, quick place to start with some of the overall disorganization that may exist in our homes at large and maybe in other areas of our life as well. I talk through some of these basic ideas in the last episode, episode six, through the capsule wardrobe. That was more about editing your closet and giving yourself some time and freedom to wear the things you love all the time there's some similar ideas in what I'm going to share with you today and I think that that overlap is good because it repeats some of the same principles so you get to the point where you feel like oh yeah I can see the pattern here I feel more comfortable making the types of decisions that are going to help me free up my space and my energy and my belongings one quote that I want to share as we get started today is feels really impactful when we're talking about what we own this is from Marie Kondo and she said the question of what you want to own is actually the question of how you want to live your life it's such a simple concept and I don't know that we all think about our belongings that way what do we own and what do they say about us what story does all of our stuff tell about the way that we choose to live our lives I think that that is a good question to reflect upon as we get started through this organization. We likely all have more than we need. I want you to raise your hand or think or, you know, wink or smile on your bun or acknowledge if you relate to the idea of having things in your home that you don't use. Do you have things in your home that you don't remember? Are there closets or drawers or cabinets in your home that you couldn't tell me exactly what is in there? Are there things in your home that you don't really like that kind of annoy you and you see them and you think, gosh, why is that here? Are there areas of your home that cause you anxiety? You don't want to open that door. You feel yucky when you walk through the garage because it's just filled with all this junk. The practice of intentional living and home organization is a practice of gratitude When we know what we own and we love it and we use it, we're able to feel more grateful and present in our everyday lives. We often brush aside the things that we own as not mattering that much because it's just stuff. And in one way, yeah, that's true. It doesn't matter in the overall scheme of things because it's just stuff. But in the way that it impacts our everyday life, whether our belongings and the way that our home is organized makes us feel good And more able to accomplish the goals and feel fulfilled right now or if it does the opposite if it gives us those negative feelings that anxiety that stress it really does matter and the way that we treat the things that we own and the way that we organize it and what we choose to keep like Marie Kondo says the question of what you want to own is actually the question of how you want to live your life It starts to make a big difference another quote that i love 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 was from a conference i was listening to in 2014 the quote i've shared multiple times in my blog and throughout my own intentional living journey it really brings it back consistently to this matter of me being in control and in charge and responsible for the things that i own the quote is from michael john tay he said there is no end to what the world has to offer So it is critical that we learn to recognize when we have enough. It is not anyone else's job to police my shopping habits, my organizing habits, my storing habits, what I choose to keep, what I choose to get rid of. That's my job. Sometimes I wish it were someone else's job. (laughs) I know when I go home sometimes I help my mom organize one or another area of her house. I will junk the pantry or I'll go through a closet it's actually a lot easier to allow someone else to do that work for us but it's our job that's our responsibility there is no end to what the world has to offer so it's critical that we learn to recognize when we have enough such a great quote one place to begin having enough is to reduce the useless items that we bring into our home and i talk a lot about that idea of reducing our consumption or in our case in 2017 stopping our consumption completely through our year of not shopping that you can listen to in episode four that's one way to start this process the other way is to organize and declutter the things that are already present in our homes the things we already have And actually both of those things together is where you're going to get the most benefit in this organization process. Not only organizing all of the things you own into really cute bins and baskets, but still having all this stuff that you don't use. It's just hidden into cute bins and baskets and not by simply decluttering and getting rid of things that you don't use, but consistently buying new things that don't add value to your life. And, you know, you free up all that space in your closet and think wow i have all this space that means i can go buy a bunch more clothes and then you turn around and go buy a bunch of new things that you don't necessarily love or feel like you're going to keep for a long time or that don't really add any true value to your life it's a one-two punch one slowing your useless mindless consumption and only adding things to your life that really do increase your value right now today and Decluttering, getting rid of, and organizing the things that you already own in a mindful and intentional way so that what remains when you're finished with this process are the things that you love, the things that add value to your everyday life, the things that bring you positive emotion and help you on your pathway to feeling fulfilled, grateful, and abundant, and not the opposite. This episode is an episode where I want you to do some homework. I don't want you to listen, then think, okay, that was fun, and move on. I actually want you to do this. If you need the printout, it's there for you at livefreecreative.co slash podcast. Find episode 7, and you can print it out. It's a free one-page PDF that has all of these steps and some of the tips along with them on one page so that you can just follow right along. I want you to choose one small space where you can implement the guidelines that I'm about to share. I say the junk drawer because everyone has one. It's usually a really small space and you can approach it and go through it probably in 20 minutes, definitely not more than an hour. So it could be a really quick way to get started. And once you start doing this, going through things, thinking about them with intention and getting rid of the things that you don't love, it becomes kind of addicting because that feeling... Of freedom and the lightness that you feel as you remove unnecessary things from your life is really amazing. So if you don't want to go for your junk drawer or maybe your junk drawer is really organized, you already did that one, you could find somewhere else. You could um, choose the area beneath your bathroom sink. That's an often overlooked place <laughs> because no one else sees it, but guess what? You see it. How does it make you feel when you open the cabinet beneath your bathroom sink? Do you feel happy? Do you feel free do you feel grateful or do you feel kind of annoyed that like what is all this stuff why is it here why is it a mess you could think about organizing the top of your desk maybe that would be a space that would be helpful because it will really improve your everyday life as you're trying to get some work done maybe you want to focus on the linen closet if you're anything like me before I started Really living a little bit more intentionally and focusing on organization and the things that added value to my life, I hung on to every single towel that I've ever bought. Why do we do that? There's a lifespan on towels, and I think it's good. While I think it's good to have like a couple dirty ones that you don't mind like using to dry off the car or to like rub your kids' muddy feet after they've been playing out in the rain, for the most part, there's not a whole lot of use for those really yucky old towels. So I have recycled some of them into like cleaning cloths that I keep in a whole different area in the cleaning area, but it didn't make me happy to look in my linen closet and just have it like be bursting with mismatched old tattered used towels that could be used for something else or recycled in a more meaningful way. So maybe you want to focus on the linen closet. Like I said, the purpose of choosing a smaller space is to be able to start and finish this organization within an hour. I want you to learn and feel empowered as you organize and make the space rather than feel overwhelmed. Okay, so I want you to choose a space. Think about it right now. What space are you going to use? If you're running or driving or washing dishes and you can't do this right now, I don't expect you to do it right now, but I'd love you to do it in the next couple days. I want you to at least choose. Think about episode five where I talk about making a choice. It doesn't matter. There's no wrong answer. Just choose one space and that's what you're going to focus on. Okay, do you have it in your head? Okay, let's get started. Number one, remove every single thing from the space. A lot of times we think that we can organize by just sort of rearranging things within the space. That's not going to fly here. I want you to actually look at every single thing that exists in that space. So take it all out. If it's your junk drawer, it's probably not going to take up the whole room for you to take everything out of there, but it is important for you to actually hold, look at, and acknowledge every single thing that exists in that space. Once you take it all out, I want you to sort it into similar piles. So in the case of the junk drawer, you might have batteries, rubber bands, you might have pens and pencils and highlighters and crayons and broken crayons, you probably have bobby pins, you may have some emergency flashlights. You might have business cards, receipts, bills. You may have a birthday card that you forgot to mail to your cousin. It has a stamp on it, but you just didn't have her address right away. Let's see. There may be some candy wrappers. There might be half a pack of gum, maybe six or seven chapsticks, and some paper clips. How close am I? <laughs> How close is your generator to mine? Okay. Divide all that stuff up into similar piles what this does is help you understand what you might be unknowingly collecting. I am not kidding when I say that I can organize one of my drawers and find six seven or eight chapsticks and lip glosses. Guess what that tells me friends. I don't need to buy any more chapstick or lip gloss. I have got myself covered. What I need to do is distribute that chapstick and lipstick into the different bags that I may need it in when I'm actually going out or store it all in one specific meaningful place rather than putting it all in the junk drawer when I don't have somewhere else nearby to put it. This sorting also gives you an idea of what type of organization might work best. So if I do have all of my chapsticks ending up in the junk drawer, maybe that actually should be where they are stored. If I'm naturally putting a certain type of thing in an area where it doesn't belong, that might be a good indication of how I'm functionally using my space in a way that's different than what I intended. So maybe your junk drawer is in the kitchen and it gets filled with utensils and straws and other kitchen gadgets that you really want to not be there, that may be an indication that you wanna move that and use the drawer that is currently your junk drawer as a kitchen drawer and find a different place where the pens and batteries might be more useful. So sort things by similar piles and consider how you're using the space and what you might be unknowingly collecting. Number three, clean out that space. You don't want to start putting things back in to a drawer or cabinet or closet that is dusty and dirty and has weird hairs and pencil shavings at the bottom. Grab a Clorox wipe or vacuum out the dust and clean it really well. This is another reason why you want to take everything out because it gives you a chance to really clean the space well. Number four is kind of a big one. At this point, you're going to decide what to keep. We often hang on to things out of habit or because we invested money into that item. With each item, ask yourself the following questions. Do I really love this item? Do I use this item regularly? Not like once a year, but do you use it regularly? Another big important one is would I buy this item again today at full price? We often buy things because they're on sale or we think they're a good deal. That is not a good reason to buy something and it's not a good reason to hang on to it and keep it forever. If you answered no to one of the questions, the chances are that the item is not adding much value to your everyday life. Do you love this item? Do you use it regularly? Would you buy it again today at full price? Those are important indicators of how much value that item is adding to your life. Notice I do not ask the question, is there a possibility I might need one of these again someday? That right there is the question that fills people's homes to overflowing with plans for the future instead of allowing them to live well in the present. If you really do need one of those someday, you could probably get it on Amazon with two-day shipping and it is worth it to get rid of it now Because that eventual hypothetical someday probably won't happen. Being prepared for the future is a really great principle, but hoarding things just in case is what clutters up our home and our hearts and our minds and it diminishes the space that we have for the things that we do love and use right now, today, in our lives. If you are holding on to something because you think there's a possibility you might need it someday, I'm going to suggest gently that you might not. I also didn't ask the question, did I used to love this thing? This is another big reason people hang on to things, because of an attachment to the past. We used to love it, and so we feel like we owe it to our past selves to hang on to it forever. Keeping things because of an attachment to the past is also taking away from the time, energy, and investment that we can make in our present lives. We can and should feel grateful for the service and love and value that that item once gave to us, and then we can release it out of our lives with love and unclutter that space in our heart. For things that are particularly sentimental, heirloom type things maybe you do want to hang on to but they shouldn't be in the junk drawer or that main closet or somewhere that you're running into them in your everyday life. Choose one small box to keep for posterity's sake and go through it regularly and decide a couple years down the road something that feels really really sentimental today might not be so sentimental. So a key with storing those heirloom pieces is that you are looking at them more than one time, that you're making that decision at different points along the way because at some point it might not feel as sentimental anymore and at that point you can get rid of it. Another thing I love to do for things that are a little bit sentimental is to find new homes for them, for people who will love them like I once did. An example of this is with a lot of my kids' clothes, like baby and toddler clothes that I really, really loved But I don't need to keep them, especially once I was not having any more children. There's no reason for each of my kids to have a bin full of their own baby clothes. Probably when they're older and have kids of their own, one or two little things may be nice, but they're going to want to buy their own kids' clothes. They're going to want to get things that matter to them and that are their style later in the future. I love to give those clothes away to people, friends, family members, or charities where they will be used. I actually love right now I have a friend who goes to church with me who has a daughter a couple years younger than Plum and I've been giving her my very, very favorite dresses that Plum wore that she has grown out of and then I get to see them again every few weeks at church. I get to see this little girl running around in one of Plum's darling, darling baby dresses and it makes me so happy. I get to enjoy it but not own it and not have it tucked in a box where it's not doing anyone any good. Don't ask yourself the question, did I used to love this thing? That's not a great gauge of whether or not you should keep it. Number five, get rid of the nose. So once you've decided these things are not adding value to your life, you don't need to keep them, you need to get rid of them. There are so many different ways. Some things may just go in the garbage. Some things can go to a local charity Some things you can give away to friends or family members. Higher ticket items, if you have the energy and you want to sell them, you could put them on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, sell them through Instagram. Some people say put things in a bin in the garage and look at it again in six months. I have found that as soon as I decide no to something, it's very, very unlikely that I will have remorse about that. So I like to donate those things right away and feel the immediate freedom that comes when I get rid of them. Number six, Put the items back that you are keeping grouped by type. At this point, paradoxically, you may want to buy a bin or something to put in the space so that your junk drawer or beneath the sink is organized in a more meaningful way. Do not sort and put back until you have gone through the process of getting rid of the things that you're saying no to. After you get rid of that and now what is in front of you are the things that you love, that you use, that add value to your life. Those are the things that you want to organize. And if possible, number seven, leave a little extra space. Leave some breathing room between your bins and your basket. This space will bring a sense of peace and calm into this small area of your life. It will remind you of the value of empty space, the way that that feels to just have a little bit of room there's possibility in that little bit of space there's a place to breathe to let your eye settle in design work if you're a designer you'll know that the empty space that negative space is just as important and sometimes more important than the anchor pieces having a little bit of room for things to breathe and to look beautiful and to feel intentional will help you resist the urge to fill it all up again. Okay, hooray, you're done. How does that feel? Organizing even your junk drawer, this tiny little area, will feel empowering and might be a little bit eye-opening for you. We very often forget how much stuff we own that doesn't serve us, and choosing to let some of those things go can build up your feeling of freedom in your life. With each bag that we take to the donation center or deliver to a friend, we are exercising our ability to choose for ourselves what works in our life and what doesn't. We really often follow the whims of society and hang on to things simply because someone else has something similar or they seem like something that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to own these things because we're adults and because we are at this certain point in our life or our kids have to have one of those things because all the other kids have them. But when you sort through and make decisions for yourself about what you love and what you need, you feel the freedom of choosing your own path and your own life. And that is so empowering. I'm going to go through one more time the steps for organizing your junk drawer or this other small area that you may have chosen. And I want you to recognize how these can and should apply to other areas of your home and other areas of your life. Number one, remove everything from the space. See what's there, take a look at it. Number two, sort things into similar piles to get a gauge of what you're collecting. Number three, clean out that space, wipe it down, get rid of the dust bunnies. Number four, decide what to keep by asking yourself the question, do I love this? Do I use this? Would I buy this or choose this again today? Number five, get rid of the nose. Get rid of the things that you do not want. Number six, put back the items you're keeping grouped by type, so that they feel organized. And number seven, leave a little bit of space. Leave some space for possibility. Leave some space to breathe and for that peace and calm feeling that you want in your life. Thank you so much for being here. I am really, really loving doing this podcast. I hope that you're loving it too. Please take the time, if you haven't already, to rate and review the show in iTunes it makes such a difference for the show to be able to reach a larger audience and I can share these same ideas and principles for a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle with as many people as can listen. I would also love if you would screenshot when you're listening to the show and put it on your Instagram stories or your Facebook and share with your followers this new show that you've found and, and what you're enjoying about it. and Lastly, you know the value of an in-person recommendation. If you have a friend or a family member that you can think of or that comes to mind as you're listening to some of these episodes, I would really love for you to reach out to them and just let them know what's happening over at Live Free Creative. I hope you have a delightful week. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.